0: Look around. Everywhere these days, people are crying out for effective leadership. There's no mistaking it any longer. Men, especially leaders, are struggling, emasculated by imposed rules, stereotyping, and leadership models that are no longer working. There are many women who are doing a much better job at leadership than the men, and we need to recognize them. We need their help, too. Welcome to Well the Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. This is the show where women can help us men to be better men, more effective leaders. I'm really excited for this episode of Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty. This is a I'm not gonna say an old, I can't say old, can you? This is a friend of mine who I've worked with, a very good friend the last six years on different projects. Uh, her name is Lynn Spofford. She is a, 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 a creative. She is a compassionate person, extremely intelligent. Uh, she's been in the healthcare industry for over 25 years. She is extremely passionate. You'll find that out about wellness and physical health, mental health, and she takes a nature-based approach uh, to look, to people living their lifestyles, to her own lifestyle, but also how she integrates it in with leadership and creative ideas and marketing. Um, Leanne is a Senior Vice President of Marketing and Business Development for Anovi Health in the, is it the Gappen Institute? Correct. Yeah, okay, I just don't want to mess that up. She's also the founder of Creative Content Connects, which is a very unique, what I would call a home-style grassroots marketing agency. And she's also the founder of Nature's Beauty Heals, a nature-immersion epigenetic retreat experience that helps people to blossom and identifies their skill sets. And and it's kind of a mind-body-soul physical integration retreat. And we're going to learn more about that. But what I love about Leanne is she is very quick with visions and ideas. She can take complex uh, marketing and complex branding uh, content and turn it around uh, to something that's palatable and where the messaging really stands tall. Like I said, she's helped me on a lot of stuff in the past and continues to help me just by being here on the show. Leanne creates not just messaging, but she creates an immersive experience. So whatever company or service you have, uh, it's a complete immersion when you, when you work with Leanne. She has that tendency to really do stuff that's off the cuff and, and innovative. Uh, her mission is simple. She helps people, business and nature prosper together. Like I said, that's a unique thing with nature. She has committed her life to building businesses who advance the human potential. They nurture nature, and she's all about human kindness. So, Leanne, welcome to the show. We're going to learn a lot about you today, your background, all the cool things that you've done to get you to this point in your life. And I'm humbled and honored to have you here on the show I I thank you for your support and for your friendship over the years and all the great ideas, especially when you helped me with the Richard Branson piece, which I thought was cool. Um, I just thank you for that and and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and it's always good to chat with you, John.
0: Yes. Well, thank you. You know, a lot of, you know, let's just get started, Lynn, you know, tell us a little bit about, I know you have two brothers and I know you grew up in the town. My dad was from Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. PA. Tell us a little bit about the home life that you grew up in.
1: Sure. So I grew up in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. Nowheresville, I like to say, like an, out, an hour outside of Pittsburgh. And a very simple, um, basic life. You know, mom and dad in the same household. Uh, my dad was a school teacher. In the summers, he would do construction work. and My mom was a stay-at-home mom until uh, we were teenagers in high school. And so I came home from school, we had dinner almost the exact same time every day. Um, Brothers, we were all very close in age, just, you know, 18, 19 months apart. I was the youngest, two brothers. Um, So I was always kind of around boys. Uh, So I think that has an impact to to some of what we're gonna talk about here. And, uh, you know, a nice home life. Um, very little sheltered, I'd say, now looking back at it, right, just a little sheltered to just staying in our small area of the world, and I also think that had like an impact on some things that I wanted to do later in life.
0: So very, would you say, t- just a typical upbringing, you know?
1: Typical upbringing, very American, you know, basic um, summer ha- vacations, you know, ha-
0: yeah awesome hot apple pie yep. high school football games on the fridays
1: and yep. yeah the, well, every sunday good. every sunday we'd go visit my grandparents right and there were two sets in the same town so we'd go to the one house and uh maybe have like lunch and stay and visit and then have dinner at the other house and that was pretty much every sunday which was after after church so you know definite structure different than And how things are now
0: yeah absolutely so you had two older brothers which is probably probably pretty cool at times and other times i don't know maybe it bugged you you know i had two older sisters so it was kind of cool and then there were times it bugged me you know what was that like having two older
1: brothers you know it's interesting because i used to tell people a lot of times even though i was the youngest um sometimes i felt like i was the oldest (laughs) Because I was the one who was protecting my brother, uh, being very observant of how people treated each other. And I would go in and stand up for him. I remember one time it was a kickball game and he didn't like that, but it was just wrong. You know, I guess there was something rooted in me about just right and wrong kindness. And I'd stand up, you know, I didn't care um, if he was the older brother or the boy girl thing. I just didn't care. It was wrong. So I'd put myself in there and, and say, no, stop.
0: <laughs> so it sounds to me like you were developing core values at a, at, a, at a young age. I mean, you had to know, like you just mentioned that the families of today, you know, a lot of them were broken families and, and having that structure um, is something that we're missing these days, you know? And I, and I think that that's a huge benefit for you to have had that, especially when I've seen how you operate with your own kids. So that's that's pretty neat. So so structure, kindness, core values, right and wrong. Um,
1: definitely, if- oh, I could see like with my dad, I observed a lot of um, good work ethic, right? Coal mining town, Pennsylvania, it, it just has that. And I definitely saw that with my dad. I mean, I, I had jobs already when I was 10, doing paper routes, right? So on your bicycle, rain or shine, delivering those newspapers, um, little things like stopping with an elderly woman, I remember, and when you'd have to collect the money, right, an envelope, and um, what was it, like $3.65, and it would take 30 minutes at one house, but it was because I could tell she just wanted somebody to talk to.
0: So that compa- I, compassionate side was coming out already.
1: Already coming out. Yeah, I could just tell, sense it. She was just lonely.
0: So the, the, that's pretty cool, Leanne. So, you know, let me ask you this, you know, the nature side of it, and we're going to get a little bit more into nature as we get into your brand and the things that you do with nature, but where did the love of nature come in? Did, did you all do a lot of camping or what was that yeah. about?
1: I think a lot of that came from my dad. Uh, I remember when I was like four, going out and picking blackberries, and you know, taking the big steel buckets, going into the woods and collecting blackberries and eating them right there. Um, lots of hikes, hikes with my brothers, hikes with the neighborhood kids, and just you know, going out and staying out until, till the lights, you know, till it was dark, and then you had to come in. And I love doing that. I remember having with kids in the neighborhood a log club, which was just a log across a, a, you know, creek and we would have a metal tin. We'd put our dues money in there. We'd dig it into the dirt, go back and visit, uh, sweep with um, branches, if you can imagine, to like kind of make a home out there. And uh, even like on uh, Halloween, we would, we would, (laughs) we'd steal, um, (laughs) yes. Putting that on video, yeah. We would steal the corn from,
0: limitations here, yeah.
1: <laughs> we would steal corn, you know, and and do that with corning, which is what they did. That's not everywhere, but definitely outside a lot. And a lot came from my dad. Yes, we went camping as well. Um, so a lot from my dad. He 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 enjoyed outdoors, and so did my mom in a different way. But first, for whatever reason, I feel like a lot came from my dad.
0: Interesting. So a little bit of mischievousness in there for, for sure. I didn't, you know, that's something I just learned, but you know, I know after working with you for several years, you know, that you do, where does the innovative creative, where do you get that? How do you tap into that? And and I know that you're a problem solver and I'm not joking. Those of you who are listening and watching the show, you can take a complex issue or a complex subject. And Leanne has that. How do you do that? How does your mind work like that?
1: I mean, that I think I was just blessed and born with, but my environment exposed me to that. There was something in me whenever I I went to college and even when I went to college and it was in Amish country, right? It was just Mm -hmm. neat to see different things, different people. But I always knew I wanted to get out and see more, see bigger. Like I just somehow knew it existed and I wanted to experience it. So after college, I really wanted to go to California. I don't even, well, I do know what that came from. There was one girlfriend in high school. Her sister went to LA and at 17, I saved up all my money from waitressing and went on one visit to visit her. And I remember flying by myself. The first time I ever flew, I flew alone. And that was kind of a big deal then. Um, you know, which you have to be confident enough traveling across the country. There weren't cell phones. I got there. Nobody was there. She wasn't there. She was running late. And, uh, you know, think about that. You can't just call somebody on the cell phone and say, Hey, where are you? You have to find them, you know, and I'm in this big city. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm 17. And I even look back now as a mom and I'm like, mom, why'd you let me go? I can't believe you let me go like that. But she's like, there was no stopping you. You, you just did. And so after I had that bite, that taste, after college, I knew I wanted to go to California. Mm. And so after cal- uh, college, I ended up moving to San Francisco. And that is what really opened what was already, I think, in me. But it was this world of people that I got put around in the whole dot-com world.
0: Yeah, I know you were part of that. You know, and it must have been pretty exciting, you know, to take those creative energies and you go from small town Pennsylvania to one of the largest, probably the, the mecca at that time, of the things that you know innovation and computers and digital wizardry and so it must have been exciting. What did you do when you first got there? So you were twenty twenty one when you first got there.
1: I Maybe was twenty two, four because I, okay. I I took a one job out of college at first selling yellow page advertising in uh, Harrisburg, and then after that. Um, and i had enough experience which that felt to me like hey if i go out there and i have experience it's going to be easier to get into something and i didn't want to blow through all my money right away so i knew i had to make i had to work so i found a job a blockbuster video believe it or not and that was just so i wouldn't blow through all my cash and you know be homeless out there until i found what i really wanted to do and i took it took about five months interviewing four or five i can't really remember And and there were a few companies that I was um, interested in. And it's one of those things where you (laughs) kick yourself, but you don't, because you know it was your path. I remember I had two job offers. So one was with a company called Navigation Technologies. And I would have had to, uh, because of my skill sets and sales, I would have had to call all the different um, government offices and ask them for their maps and have to explain to them how, you know, it's public property, I can get that, what we were gonna do with it. And it just seemed boring. <laughs> um, the other job uh, was with in um, healthcare technology, right? And it was it was distributing chemotherapy drugs to office-based practices. And it was using some technology with Pixis systems to be more efficient and, I had some calling for um, healthcare in me, I, you know. Maybe it was an interesting now. I kind of with all where I've come now. It was more on the pharmaceutical end and in oncology, and I took that job over the other one because it had it was like thousand dollars more, right? But do you know what that navigation technologies company was? That was the basis of GPS.
0: GPS. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right away when you like, said that. Yeah.
1: Who knew? Who knew? You know, like, and I remember in the interview, they'm telling me, but I'm young. I'm 24. Like, yeah, we're funded by, uh, I don't know. It was one of the, the um, <laughs> automotive companies. Right. And I didn't even understand what funding meant then. I didn't understand venture capital. You know, I'm just big eyes you know what i think i want but in the end it was where it was supposed to be because of you know where i've now and stayed into healthcare technology all these times but the key thing was the people that i was surrounded by that network was magical
0: you it know it's amazing a- how the universe works like that you know i mean yeah. those, we make decisions and we get that we have a certain amount of control over some things but there's also that unknown quality of life that seems to place us where we need to be. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know that you're a big time into nature and health and epigenetics. You know, you, you taught me a little bit about it, but there you go. You found your network and what do yeah. they call it nowadays? Well, the word tribe is so overplayed at times, but, but you found your, your peeps. Yeah. You know, so, and what was that experience like?
1: You know, it just felt comfortable right away, and you could see and feel the magic of the mix of people, the salesperson, the market, me, the marketing. Um, although I started in sales, and then I made a switch. That was just a gut feel mm. that I wasn't in my quite right place, and I spoke up about it. I was, you know, but the leadership there of these Stanford people. And I'll be honest, when I first started, uh, the CEO there, I actually said, "Hey, David." You, you all have these Stanford, you know, Ivy League MBAs. I don't have that. Do I need to go back to school and get that? And you know what he told me? No. He said, you're already here. You're already doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, that's, that's not needed at this point. Like you have the skill set already. You have the networking. You just need to make it. And that group was very accepting that way and we balanced each other out we really balanced each other out with um the unique personality mix
0: that's kind of neat you know because we would call that what ojt and that you know probably the best experience you can get is when you're in it so whoever that person was gave you some really good advice you know what i'm getting already so you're 24 25 26 and the things that have happened to you in your life I get a, a certain feeling that you're, good things happen to you, you know, it's almost like you attract that, and, and, and you know, I don't know, it's, it's, there's like this, what do they call that, synchronicity, serendipity, things are going pretty well for you, you know, you seem to, uh, you've fallen in with the right people, things are going great, you're picking up OJT train. you know, on the job training, and you're having a blast. You know, how did you come back to the East? Why did you leave that? What happened?
1: Well, so we were there and I was with my, at the time, fiance. We ended up getting married and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he was in the finance, uh, you know, financial district, San Francisco. And we were both working a lot. We were just both right into our careers. And... um, Uh, He was also heavily involved with rugby out there. And I have to say, the other thing that I did is I guess having that sheltered background when I got out there, I was a sponge and I talked to everyone and I opened my mind to just tons of different views on everything, religion, family, upbringing. Um, there was one particular person, Elkie, who opened my mind to things I had no, no idea about. And she had me read books. And that started to open what I want to say the woo side of me and be exposed to some very deep philosophical thinking. And um, so anyways, the, you know, no, was that, that the, whole...
0: good point. Curiosity. I'm starting to get it now. It's coming to me. I'm channeling yeah. it, you know? It's it's uh, curiosity and inquisitiveness.
1: Well, it was like what I was always told. I was like, wait, that might not be. Explore this. Hear other views. And I remember one time I was in a church of a thousand people, and we were supposed to be hypnotized. And I'm like, I don't believe that. No way. Sure enough, I got there, and some things happened to me, you know, and memories that I had totally forgotten about. I was like, wait, there's more to this. So I kept reading and I started really studying things that I was just not exposed to in Pennsylvania. So we were there five years. And Mm -hmm. then um, my ex at the time got an opportunity to be in New Zealand. And, And to be honest, at this point, we were starting to have some marriage troubles. There were some red flags. Mm. And, um, so we decided to go to New Zealand and I thought, okay, I have five solid years of experience here. And I think maybe the one in in Pennsylvania that, that, that felt good enough that I had that solid foundation. I could step away and then come back and not feel like I was off my career track. And, um, and I wanted, you know, to give everything I could to trying to make the marriage work. And it was a great experience. We actually met Very interesting people there that again, it opened my mind to life in Australia, the people were from South Africa. So I started to get this worldly experience of how things are done differently, you know, and in business and in life in family, everything. So we were there for a year. And when it was time to leave New Zealand, uh, we decided and looked at Florida because it was a lower cost of living. San Francisco was very expensive. And we were down in florida for a year and i again landed with a startup group of people and in this healthcare tech space um and um got bored florida was just too slow for me and my that same network of people came back together for another startup <laughs> and i said i really want to yeah. go back and do that it's being it's calling to me in fact i came back from one meeting in Florida and he's like, I see it all over you, you just have the bug. And uh, and that's when I really got to put with this one organization that was just flying so fast. This is when there was all this massive amounts of dot-com money, you know, millions and millions given to companies of like grow fast, do a lot, take these concepts that just have never existed and make them come to life and I just I love that
0: yeah I know you do and that's you know there you go now I know where you get the background from we've never had conversations like this but you know it, it seems again like everything's going you know there's there's always challenges in life relationships and all those kinds of things but I'm, I'm amazed at how the universe always presented to you things that were kind of in your wheelhouse or things that you were interested in do you think yes
1: and, and a big lesson that I don't know if I learned it I started to recognize it later I'd say yes I'd be scared but I said yes
0: So a certain amount of risk taking Yeah yeah overcoming yeah. fear Yeah well thank you for sharing that because you know it does make sense and it's it's something that um that maybe more leaders have to be aware of. You know, that risk-taking is really overcoming fear. So, you know, I'm putting together- Well, if you
1: also, if you look at that dynamic too, of what I just explained, the male-female,
0: right. right?
1: And when we went to New Zealand, like my ex, if you would say, he was more in the leadership role. He was at the helm. You know, I was completely dependent on him. And that was a lot of trust to do that. Right. And then when we moved from Florida to back to California, it was a lot of trust in him with me that I was, you know, that this was important to me. So there was give and take at that point, you know, in that that couple leadership, if you will. And in leading, especially in those younger years as a couple.
0: Perfect example of teamwork. Yeah. Yeah You know, when you think about it, and then, and then I know that you have children, and then that, then it changed the dynamic even more because you were a mother, but you were also working at
1: the same time. Well, at that point, I wasn't yet working. Okay. uh, Or I didn't have kids. Um, I was working this startup, you know, how startup was 24 seven. You know, my Mm. energy was 100% there. And, um, And then we had some problems so this is this is this is when it all changed if you could say my luck changed or or just things changed
0: a different you know
1: we had marriage trouble i got laid off and then i got pregnant and it was all in in a span of three months
0: it's the universe you know it's offering you these great challenges that because you're creative and innovative, you were being challenged in a different way. So, but you have three great kids. You know, this is children later. So, how did you? Uh, how did you manage that? What were the, What were the things? Well, that drew-
1: it actually was really hard, right? Because I felt like my identity was stripped away whenever mm-hmm. I lost that job, the marriage trouble. So I felt like that identity was stripped away, and it just felt like my foundation was pulled out from under me. But it was a blessing in disguise, as I see that now. At the time, I didn't. I was crushed. And we moved to Florida because I no longer had the job there. We just kind of wanted out. All these dot-coms were shutting down. and, And I have to say, because this is a lot about leadership, you know what the number one lesson I learned out of that and they had the movie on?
0: No, tell me. A
1: lot of those companies lost their vision because of the money that was given to them. So it was like, here's your funding, but hey, we really want you to partner with this company. And that took a lot of companies off their core vision of what they were trying to build and do for the money. And I believe that was a why a lot of the startups started to fail because they weren't following that core, core vision.
0: That's an interesting so, um, observation. Well, that's an interesting observation because Money can be a good thing and money can be a bad thing, and it, and it can knock you off your vision. That's pretty astute on your part. And gosh, you know, maybe we should write something on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was one of the dot com lessons. I think that in that movie, dot com, they point that out a little bit. But we come down, we moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. So now my full identity is wrapped around being a mom. And because we were having marriage trouble, I threw myself into that 100%. He went back to what he did a lot, which was traveling. And for the next 10 years, then I loved being a mom. And I gave everything to being a mom the way that I did the startup.
0: So commitment, dedication, loyalty, you know, to your vision at that time to be a mom and you know, it always comes back around with you, Leanne, with just accepting what comes your way and using that creative side to to turn, you know, at that time you were thinking lemons into serious lemonade. And and I'm not joking. You have great kids, and and in the times that we've spent together on a professional basis, I have seen you the way you operate, you know, with your kids, and and that's that's extraordinary in and of itself. That a woman. Is 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 more than just what a lot of people think they might be, especially the guys. They're they're really multitasking to the extreme. And I always tell my wife, you know, I can multitask, but I really can't. I might be able to do one thing or maybe two at a time, right? But she's always got multiple things. And I know, like with you juggling different accounts, uh, you did it pretty well. And I was always trying to learn something from you when you used to do that. So
1: yeah,
0: kudos to you. Um, So now we're, yeah, I know you've written three books. Uh, You've been involved in those projects. I know that you're big, big, big time into epigenetics. And I know that you're this, you know, senior vice president for these health oriented um, uh, companies. Tell us about all that. I mean, it's a lot to talk about, but you've shifted now. The kids are a little bit older now. I know you've got a Marine and... So you're doing different things now and you've been doing them for a while, so.
1: Yeah, well, I, I had being a single mom and an ex that traveled all the time, I had to find a way to make um, income that still allowed flexibility. So I took the skills I learned from, you know, a $40 million budget and applied it to smaller businesses that didn't have a $40 million budget. Yes, And it let me do all that. And and I just, I, I, I somehow felt all of a sudden, uh, you know what, this is, this is my setup. I'm going to work when it's convenient for me. It may be that, you know, two hours during the day when I have to take kids to three different schools, that's just what I'm going to do. But I will get your work done. It's going to be on my terms though, my time. That's just how it is going to be. And if that doesn't work for you, well, I'll find another account and i just kind of stood my ground about what i needed and that felt very empowering um and that let me start kind of growing so yeah fast forward then um uh and okay so got,
0: you you adapted you adapted and you overcame, I adapted is what we would say in the service right but uh so you adapted and you're doing things on your own terms and then this, you know, you've done some amazing visuals with nature. You know, I tell you, that takes a unique eye. And if you haven't seen Leanne's work, you know it's out there. Maybe she can share some with you. But she, I don't know, there's something really unique about what you've done with that, with colorations and uh, nature and the human aspect and the mechanical. I, you've done some really cool things.
1: Yeah, there was a creative outlet in me wanting to come out. So I started something just for fun, really. It was a creative outlet for me, Nature's Beauty Project. And what I started seeing in my healing journey, so through my divorce, it was hard. And I'd spend a lot of time at Nature by myself. I was sad I didn't have my kids when they were with my ex. And so I'd spend just lots of hours at the beach and read all these really deep books and healing books. And I just started to see color different. And it was really healing for me out in nature. So I would like see color, I would see texture and I'd start matching it all. And then I would start to say, well, we, it was women have, um, you know, a lot of clothes and colors that we're interested in and textures. And I just started to see that same inspiration from nature, right? you know, you think of linen pants, you think of the same look and feel on um, driftwood. And I just started to observe this. And then I was like, wait, now it's in our homes too. And this is what we surround ourselves by. And I started piecing it together and it was just very therapeutic. So fast forward to me just doing that for a while. And I started to say yes a lot. In fact, I used to have yes days with my kids. They used to be a, whatever you ask for, we're going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. And they loved it, right? They did, They were young. They didn't overboard it, you know, with like, buy me a Lamborghini, you know, whatever. They were <laughs> but it was just, can we go to McDonald's or can we get whatever, you know, whatever it was a yes. Can we go to Chick-fil-A? Yes. Right. And it that just felt good too. It was building my own confidence up, my spirit connecting with them. But then I started to adopt that to myself. So I said yes to learning aerial silks. And I actually said yes and pushed myself and got certified to teach it. And I was scared the first time I did it, you know, hanging upside down from a tree, a banyan tree, downtown Sarasota with these 25-year-old girls who, you know, they can do splits around me. And I felt (laughs) like the, the old woman there. But I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I just wanna do it. So I started to say yes to a lot of things. Said yes when they said, Do you want to be part of this co authored book? That led to another one. That led to getting a client in that business. That led to different clients in LA, you know, big um, movie producer. And so saying yes just started to bring more yeses in the universe to me. And I would trust me, I'd have periods where I'd be like, I'd say, You know what? I'm pulling back in again, I'm a little fearful. And then I'd come out of my shell and then I'd go back in and, you know, I'd have periods of where I felt beat down a little bit. One was on my 50th birthday and I had to walk away from every single client because the woman who I had partnered with had lost all integrity and she was not being truthful with the clients. So on my 50th birthday, instead of having some big hurrah, I called each and every one of them and said, I'm sorry, I can't work with you anymore and here's why. And I just can't work in that scenario and it's not right. Do you know every single client ended up coming back to me within a couple months?
0: That's awesome. And you know, what's interesting It's thank you for sharing that because we hear a lot of things about the power of no. I think there's even a title of a book about that. And it kind of might, you know, it's a little bit of out of context, maybe. But you know what, you've just, the the vision that you have about saying yes, I never looked at it like that. It does open doors. Like when you say yes to, and I don't think you were saying yes to everything, right? but but just having the positive attitude uh, about the word yes. Yes, I can do that. Well, no, maybe I can't do that. But that, again, to me is a way to overcome the doldrums of the word no. So, and there you go. There's a perfect example, again, another example of Leanne's life where sometimes it looks like there's major lemons, but it's turned into something that's really tasty and sweet. And that's cool. You know, that's a great story of uh, having your core values and living by them and, and being courageous enough and brave enough to call people and tell them why you cannot do something. And it came yeah. back and paid you back so that's again how the. And it was
1: scary because yeah. here i am a single mom and i just sent away all my income
0: and then 60 days later it starts trickling back in so kudos to you for standing up for your core values and 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 kudos to the universe which has a way of paying us back when we least expect it so that's a great story um so you're not even on the rebound. You're like in the thick of it. I saw a picture recently where you on a Learjet somewhere for a workshop somewhere. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty neat. (laughs) And Leanne's jet setting now, you know, how did that, what's what's going on there? Tell us about Galpin. Is that who that was with?
1: Uh, Well, that's Dr. Gappin. Yeah. Gappin Institute. So I needed to create a marketing video and, uh, yep. The universe ends up, putting what you need in front of you. And we wanted to portray high achievers, entrepreneurs that they're on the go and they need to get to peak performance, you know, and optimal health and health optimization and precision health. Um, What's possible? We actually call it high performance health. And um, uh, we are, we are, words are very powerful. We are owning that just like there's other people have owned biohacking, we are owning high performance health. This is again, the one of those things I like to do, create create things that, that aren't in existence yet. And uh, yeah, yeah, so somebody loaned that jet for the filming. And of course I made, I had fun with it, you know, and that's part of what I do. I'm not gonna sit there and be all business. So I got up there and, you know, act as if, and the universe will bring it to you. Yeah,
0: and it did. So, here's what I here's what I've gleaned so far from Leanne's store, from your store, and and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Leadership, structure, kindness, core values, work ethic, nature-based mentality. You know that we are one. uh, An expanded worldview, an open-mindedness to other points of views, risk-taking to overcome fear adaptability and words what have i missed intuition listening to
1: your gut but you you nailed it all and you actually very summed that up very well um you do need to listen to your gut and and this my most powerful book was nailed donald walsh's conversations with god and it's not a religious book. I always tell people do not let the title skew you or, you know, keep you from reading it. But the core message of that book is to remember who you are. And that's a lot of what I've always liked to do. And that goes back to this lesson. Remember I said that the companies got off their vision and from marketing, you always need to have a vision, right? And a mission. So it's your vision and a mission, who you are and who you want to be. And that's really how I feel as a person. and I like to help pull that out of other people. like with you, John. I, I saw this poetic human.
0: Yeah, and I mean the-
1: wanted to pull that out of you. It's like when I, when I listen to people, it's an intuition I have of what, what's right for them as well. And sometimes I just bring up these ideas and they sound crazy and they're out of the box. But it's like, try it. What do you have to lose?
0: I like that. And and vision, mission, who are you and remember it. Um, and it's funny because you mentioned that book. I was going to, my next question was, can you recommend a healing book or one on leadership? And I know you have a lot of personal mantras. Um, I've seen them in action. Well, one thing about you, Leanne, and for those listening is Leanne lives her mantras. And Remembering who you are is how I would look at you as a friend and person and professional leader, but how, what, what is your mantra? Do you have one? Do you have a saying of your own? Uh, what is that?
1: Well, um, my two, I call them my hashtags more than my mantras. Uh, I guess that's just marketing. Um, make moments count. Make moments counts has sat with me for a long time uh, and the other one is nature's beauty heals because I actually believe that.
0: No, there, uh, and
1: that's that's a lot of what I've loved learning, you know, with what we do at Gap and Institute and um, Anovi Health. It's all about peak performance, health optimization. It's data driven, it's evidence based, right? And what I love about it as well, and I keep pulling. Dr. Gappin along sometime is in showing that there's the science to everything with nature as well. And as science is advancing and everything we're learning about the human genome and um, how how genes can be turned on and off and, and how the whole body is, it, it connects, it's a interrelated system and everything works together. When it's working together well is when we are at our, you know, best potential and at our peak performance. Um, But all of that is also starting with advanced technology to be proven with science. Like for me, it's absolutely fascinating to see Mm. scan of a human being stressed, right? Maybe in traffic stressed. And then you actually put them on earth, on the ground, no shoes on, no rubber tennis shoes, right? And feet in sand. And there's less inflammation. And if inflammation is the root of all disease and just 20 minutes in nature standing on a beach can do that to your body, that's science, that's proof, that's evidence. And, you know, it's a whole host of things that that, that we do, but that part of it is what is so utterly fascinating to me.
0: That is incredible. and And it is fascinating, you know, that that nature does heal and can heal. And and you're right, Leanne. Every time you're out in the woods, there's a certain calming effect. And and again, I love the photography and the imagery that you've put together over the years to show that. And I always thought that was a really cool approach to viewing the world at a microscopic level, but also the 50,000 foot view as well. Um, That's awesome. You know, so how can people... Find out more about you, Leanne, and and if they want to learn more information about epigenetics or about the institute that you work for, where can they go to find that? If they're interested in buying one of your books, how can they get one?
1: Uh, Almost all the books are on Amazon. So I have actually an uh, Amazon author page on there. Um, Gap and Institute is um, gapinstitute.com. Anovi is Anovi Health or B Anovi. Anovi actually means strength. We picked some very deep rooted meaning to that name. Um, And then naturesbeautyheals.com is everything about the epigenetic retreats that I really have a a big tug to keep still building. It's not where I wanted to be yet, but that calling is not going away. So I'll do something with that um, in the near future.
0: That's awesome. And you know, Leanne Spofford, my, my friend, Uh, She is an innovator. She is a leader in her own right. And I'm telling you, she has found a way to bring nature into the leadership model and it works. And it inspires me and motivates me to look at ways that I can incorporate nature into my own lifestyle. Because I agree with you 110% Leanne, that nature, the answers are out there. It's, It's a big universe and your expanded worldview is an inspiration to watch your mind is is pretty nice so thank you for being here on well you're you know one of you're in the pilot show and i can't think of another person that i could spend an hour with other than you right so thank you very much
1: thank you for having me it's awesome john
0: thank you for listening to another episode of well without you we don't exist We hope the men who joined us today learned some valuable tips to improve and not be ashamed to use them. Be the change, set the example, keep going, men. And for the women leaders out there, keep creating and keep helping us men to become even better men, more effective leaders. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be well,
1: and lead.